Oh, we got a lot to talk about as we always do, guys. What a crazy mandate that came out of our administration yesterday. Let's talk about it and how to how to deal, how to deal in the name of Jesus. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around because we're going to laugh and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Well, guys, we keep saying what's next? What could be worse? Which direction are we going to go in? What shoe is going to drop next? And I tell you what, we just continue to not be disappointed with the direction of this administration, but not even just this administration, the collective. I'm just so sad and disheartened at the collective of humanity in this moment. Um, mainly, I'm not even on social media, but mainly in the ways that I'm seeing people confront each other on social media, particularly, and of course I'm biased, and the algorithms will provide me with a specific set of anecdotal pieces of information to digest, but particularly, you know, people who very who are very afraid of this virus, pro-vax people, pro-mandate people, saying such outrageous things to the people that are hesitant to get this jab. Things like, I will tell you where you can get a coffin for your baby. Like, who are you? I hope you're not a mom, woman who said that. Because if you are, I don't know where your soul or your humanity is to say that to another mom who is just doing her best with the information that she has. How dare you. I just am so, I'm seeing so much of that sort of thing that I I can't, how many times have I had to listen to somebody explain why they feel like the very tyrannical things that they feared from Trump are now okay under this current administration. The very things, the very overreaches, the very mandates that they feared from their administration, from Trump's administration, I'm sorry, are now coming down the pipe on us and they're perfectly okay with it. This is just such a sign and a signal of indoctrination and, and a lack of a foundation in their own morals, their own values, or any sort of consistency and, for goodness sakes, integrity. That is what is just absolutely absent from the scene. And I just today, with my kids, went to just a... We, I don't know, rally, whatever you want to call it, where we just marched around the square in our local town and held up signs about honk for freedom, honk for America, medical freedom, et cetera, et cetera, right? There was just a handful of us there. It's not a big, giant, organized thing. We just decided to do it last night. And of course, we're met as we shared it with all kinds of resistance, which is expected and fine. And quite frankly, they're right to oppose my thoughts and ideas. That's perfectly fine. But the logic expressed behind it is just so interesting to me and the aggressiveness and it's just so ironic that we're having to watch this conundrum of the Texas abortion laws come out 
and heads explode as they try to say my body my choice without saying my body my choice because you can't say that right now in this moment if you also think that your body should be my choice i mean it's just like oh my goodness gracious and you medical freedom equals let me just be clear medical freedom equals you get to choose to get the jab if you want to have it no one is trying to say take jabs out of the circulation and outlaw them like that's never been on the table and to my knowledge we've never had a product fail for the reasons of the person who did not consume the product, not consuming it. <laughs> like, think about that. Try to argue that with any other product, you know, like this shampoo failed because people didn't buy the shampoo and use it. It failed to wash the person's hair who bought it and used it. That's the argument we're waging here. It is complete, is just lacking all logic and there's so much logic lacking in this that i just cannot believe people feel so emboldened to be so aggressive and so mean in this moment where people are their livelihoods are actually being threatened and someone very close to me today said well they can just get another job of course that was not today they didn't say that but that was before the announcement yesterday from our administration i'm like okay i think you're missing the point of course, they can go get another job, or that was certainly easier yesterday than it is today to just have that as an as a out. But I, we were arguing, this is tyranny, and their response was, well, they can just get another job. And I did see a meme today, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you were wondering, this is what the meme said, if you were wondering whether or not you would capitulate with the Nazis, now you know. Now you know where you would be, because there's a group that is the the pro-nazis in in nazi germany there's there's the pro-nazis the people who thought who truly believed in their heart that what the nazis were doing was the correct thing to do there was the op the opposition of that who were the people who were actively against that and that would be all of the allied troops of course you know that were fighting in world war ii to eradicate this pure evil from existing in the world and then there's another group that is not talked about and probably the largest group of all, which if you look at any scale, right, there's the far left, the far right, and then the in between. The people who may be recognizing that this is tyrannical, this is absolutely un unconstitutional, it's illegal what Biden is doing, and it is most certainly against the Nuremberg Code, which should cue us to the relevance of Nazi Germany in this situation because the Nuremberg trials happened after Nazi Germany where these people were held accountable for what they did to the Jews and others in that time. And out of that came the Nuremberg Code, which an element, one piece of the Nuremberg Code that's probably most widely understood is that this informed consent piece that under no circumstances will you be able to mandate, coerce, pressure, force, lots of different words are used, someone to take an experimental medication. And if you have not caught on to the fact that the FDA did a bait and switch and they approved a drug that is not 
the Pfizer vaccine that the great majority of you got. I'm not even sure if a single human has gotten the injection that is currently FDA approved. I'm not sure if a single person on the planet has gotten it because they say there's insufficient supplies and it is not available. But it's that's the one that's approved. It's insufficient supplies and not currently available. However, the biotech Pfizer vaccine that everyone's you know familiar with, that has only been extended under the EUA, guys. Like read the information. This is available to you on a two-page FDA.gov fact sheet about the Pfizer vaccine. Okay? This is where I read that. So and that's not the only place I read that, but that is the most easy to understand place if you would like to go locate that information for yourself. So let's talk about this logic for a minute, and then I'm gonna talk about what do we do about this. Like, what are our choices? Because I am, I just, there's always a choice, guys. There's always a choice. And I understand that that is easy for me to say. I understand that is easy for me to say. And it feels like we're all being pushed into a corner where there is no choice and we don't, we're not going to have a choice. And of course I need to do X, Y, Z because I don't have a choice. I don't want to hear that. You do have a choice. It is not an easy choice, but we are done. We're out of easy choices. And I'll get there in just a second. But let's talk about this jab for a minute because we're under the assumption that this is about health, that this is about science, that this is about logic and reason and that, you know, this is follow the data, follow the information, right? You guys, I can tell when I enter into conversations about this that people are not reading the information. They are not looking at the studies. They are not following the data. They are regurgitating information that has been given to them. Do you know that after Rachel Maddow on MSNBC said, sp spoke about ivermectin as a horse drug, after that, after that horse drug was like hashtag everywhere, everybody's talking about it. That's like the thing that you're, you're, you think you're so smart when you say to somebody, oh, are you taking the horse medication? Like, come on, where did you get that? Where did you hear that? That wasn't your thought. That wasn't because you knew what ivermectin was or that it was used for, because clearly you don't. It's a Nobel Prize winning drug for use in humans. I have some ivermectin prescribed to me in a pill form from a doctor. So it isn't just a horse drug, but I heard that parroted over and over again in such this condescending way after someone in the media said it, okay? So I know that we're not following the data or the logic or the health or the science. That's not what this is about. And I had to share a little clip. You guys should search this out. Bill Gates is recorded saying many times that he would like to use vaccines as well as Planned Parenthood <laughs> and a number of other factors in his desire to lower the population. Okay, there's a very short clip. He did a TED Talk where you can really go and just peek at it or you can watch the whole TED Talk. But this is not new to Bill Gates. So the fact that he is has had such his hand in this, notice they've conveniently taken his hand out of it because it was bringing such bad press to this whole movement to have his hand on it because people see right through. Please explain to me why Bill Gates would suddenly have just such a radical change of heart after 20, 30 years of a career of eugenics where he desires to lower the population for the sake of the planet. Why all of a sudden does he, do you think that his motive is to save everybody on the planet? Not likely. Not likely that that's his motive at all. 
that would be very inconsistent with everything he has said publicly about why he uses and invests in vaccines globally. You should also look into what he's done in Africa, the absolute crimes against humanity that he is responsible for in Africa via vaccines. But that's all for you to go ahead and do if you want. Let's talk about this logic. If this jab is good, if it works, then you're good and you should get it. If you think that it works, if you have followed your data and looked at the studies and, you know, and by the way, there is no long-term studies. Anyone who's arguing that there is, is just mistaken or lying. I'm not sure which, but if you believe that it works, then you're good. Then you should take it. And that's great. A vaccine until just this week meant that you are producing antibodies and that you are resisting the transmission of a, of a disease and, or illness. So if you believe that's what you're doing, you're not following the data, but that's great. That's what a vaccine should do. And if you are vaccinated against this, then you are safe and good, right? There's that logic. We now have Fauci saying, and the director of the CDC, that vaccinated and unvaccinated, when they experience a COVID infection, have the same viral load. It does not matter if you are vaccinated or unvaccinated. You are not getting less of a viral load. If you are vaccinated, you're getting the same amount. So anyone can still get the same amount of COVID, even if you're vaccinated. But that was never the claim of this jab, guys. That was never the claim of the jab. The claim of the jab, if you read the clinical trials, which I did, is it is reducing hospitalization in certain age groups. That was the only claim of the jab from the get-go. They did no studies on transmission. That was not the point of the clinical trials. The clinical trials was, does it slow death or hospitalization? And to their limited data, they decided that it did. And so transmission was always a case. Getting COVID was always a part of this. It was never meant to prevent you from getting it or prevent you from transmitting it. But now we have Fauci saying that when you get it, when you are vaccinated, you're getting the same amount of virus. We also now know that anyone can transmit it. Again, it was never a claim that you couldn't. (laughs) That was never a claim of any of these vaccines. So we now know that you can transmit it. So explain to me the logic behind vaccines is the answer to eradicating COVID if you can still get COVID and transmit COVID by having the vaccine. Please explain the logic to me because it's not about health. That would not suggest it's about health. That would suggest it's about control. That would suggest this is really about, I just want you to do what I'm telling you to do. And if you look at the narrative, you can recognize very clearly that there is a manipulation of the information, even to the point of the outrageous censorship of medical doctors, of professionals, of epidemiologists, of, I mean, Tell me why one doctor with the exact same credentials as another one has more authority over that that same person in the same position with the same degrees and the same experience. There isn't that this is how the medical field has worked in the past is recognizing we all have this same degree. We're all we're practicing doctors, not me. I'm include, I'm not saying we on accident. Watch my pronouns. We are looking at a very different way of practicing medicine here now with this radical censorship and the data says and science says 
That's not true because science says the, all, the opposite also. You're just not seeing it because of this outrageous censorship. So it's not about health. It's only about control. Let's look again at another line of logic that I just cannot get anyone to explain to me in any way that makes sense. We have Israel that's about 85 to 90% vaccinated in their um, vaccinate, in vaccinated eligible population. Uh, they are the COVID hotspot on the face of the earth right now. One of the most vaccinated countries is the hotspot for COVID cases. Make it make sense. Why is that? That's just something that's not at all being talked about or addressed. I mean, you can go look at the numbers on any of these sites where you can track countries' daily numbers. They're rolling seven, what have you. We also know that other countries, like Sweden as an example, have a much lower, maybe closer to 10% vaccinated rate. They have nearly flatlined in their cases. They've just taken a different approach. It does not seem, based on other countries and their levels of vaccination, that the vaccine is the savior or the only course of action to prevent the spread or, or help with hospitalization or death in this I won't even go into the outrageous amount of information about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or even just vitamin C or these, you know, antibody drips that we're seeing in places like Florida. I know a lot of people who have personally taken them and swear by them. We're not going to talk about all of these other options because that's just like a whole nother thing and whatever. We don't even need to go down that road. Talk to me about why Israel is where they're at, why Sweden's where they're at. There is information all over the place that counteracts the decisions and the science that we're meant to be following here in the United States. So it doesn't make sense when you look at it. Here's my last and favorite logic to try to walk out is if last year we did not overwhelm the hospitals. I know that you'll remember all the tents and the, you know, refrigerator vans coming to pick up all the dead bodies and all of this like theater that we had going on last year. We still, in the midst of all of that, denied a hospital ship. We didn't put any patients on the hospital ship that Trump brought into uh, off the East Coast. So we either were over, overwhelming the hospitals or we weren't. It was unclear. There was a lot of narrative saying that. It was kind of unsure. Well, maybe we did. Maybe we did. We're certainly not seeing that now. There's no hospital ships being brought in. There's no tents erected outside of the hospitals. There's no refrigerator, you know, trucks with bodies. And yet we're being told the hospitals are being overrun again. They're at risk. The ICU's beds are overflowing, blah, 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 garbage, garbage. I mean, let's just, that's just the setup for the fact that if we are now 70% plus vaccinated in this country, how could we be overloading the hospitals? How, if the vaccine is meant to reduce or prevent hospitalization and death, how are we overloading the hospitals this year when we may or may not have last year in the height of this before we knew anything? But how on earth would we even come close to it this year if only roughly 30% of the population is unvaccinated? So even if only unvaccinated people are in the hospital, it should be nowhere near overrunning the hospitals if we are truly putting, hanging our hat on this vaccine as the answer, right? It just doesn't make any sense. Now, what we're not talking about is the fact that we have lost a lot of nursing staff to these mandates. I personally know 
nurses who have left their job or are going to be forced to lose their job, who are seeking other employment, who are leaving positions all across the medical field. So perhaps it is a manufactured crisis brought on by the actual mandate, not by the, the virus, but by the mandate, right? Have you ever heard that sometimes the care is worse than the, than the disease? Perhaps we're there. We also have this other stream of, and this kind of circles back to what I was talking about at the beginning here, this just horrific lack of humanity from the, the pro-vax mandate people that I just can't even wrap my head around. It breaks my heart. It makes me so sad to hear people say this. I mean, we saw doctors walk out of hospitals in Florida. We saw our dear friend Jimmy Kimmel think he's making a funny joke on his late night show to say that unvaccinated people should be turned away from hospitals, that doctors don't want to work on unvaccinated patients, but they're, they're welcoming the vaccinated. First of all, this is medical apartheid. Like that's, there's no other way to say it. There's no other, this is absolute discrimination. It's absolute medical discrimination and segregation and othering, that term othering I want you to know is tied to tyranny. Okay. These are one goes with the other. So we are othering this group of people. We are villainizing this group of people. It worked in the civil rights. Also, it worked under Nazi Germany. We othered the Jews, right? We made it so that they were, people felt fine being vicious to them. People felt fine turning them in, knowing what would become of them once they fell into the hands of Nazi soldiers. I'm sorry to continue to make this parallel. I'm just unaware of another more relevant parallel to draw in this moment in history. But we're seeing doctors and Jimmy Kimmel think it's okay to do this. Now, if we said that, now this is based on unvaccinated people are taking on too much risk to their own personal health. So the fact that they're sick is their own fault. Okay, that's, that's the premise for this argument of we should not be treating the unvaccinated or we should be prioritizing the vaccinated because the unvaccinated are taking on the risk of this. And so therefore they should not be held, you know, at the same standard of someone who is not taking the risk. Okay, now let me just hypothetically throw this out for you. What if I said that about HIV patients who are drug users, that we should not be treating them because they're using drugs, they're taking on the risk, therefore, can you even imagine how much your brain, your brain probably exploded right there just for me even posing that. Let's talk about drug addicts, obese patients, people who are coming in morbidly obese. Should we not take them in and treat them with medical care because they're taking on the risk of eating too much fast food or eating in excess or having an addiction to food or whatever it is is the cause. It's certainly a risk that patient is taking on or maybe it's alcoholics or maybe it's type two diabetics you are taking on risks. Your lifestyle is producing illness in your body and therefore I should not have to prioritize you over another patient. We would lose our ever-loving mind two years ago if any of that was suggested and yet here we are and it is mainstream coming out of Jimmy Kimmel's mouth and no one is saying a word about it. It really blows my mind. This is not about health. This is not about science. It's not about logic. So what do we do? How do we face this head on, you guys? This has been an anchoring verse for me this week, particularly yesterday and today. Romans 12, 2, you're very familiar with it, I'm sure. 
do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let me say this again. Do not be conformed to this world. Full stop. Do not be conformed to this world. What does that look like and mean to you? Anything outside of the fruits of the Spirit should be an indicator of you, for you and is certainly an indicator for me when I'm operating in the world, when I'm feeling angry, resentful, bitter, um, hateful, uh, revengeful, if you will, when I'm feeling afraid, fear, anxiety. These are all things outside of the fruit of the Spirit. Those are moments when I recognize that I am conforming to the world. So recognize that, okay? And then it goes on to say, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. What does that mean? How, do, how is your, your mind renewed and that is your transformation? Not the other way around. You don't transform your mind. The renewal of your mind brings about the transformation. So where does that say that the source of this renewal is coming from? Spirit, God, right? The renewal of your mind. Be transformed by your sanctification, which is the process of you becoming more like Jesus, you moving closer to Holy Spirit, you moving more in alignment with God's will for you. That is the renewal of your mind that is to bring about your transformation. So do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So what we are doing, if you are a believer, is our desire should always be to be in alignment with God's will, right? To be in alignment with what is good and acceptable and perfect according to him, not the world. What is good and acceptable and perfect? Well, how do we know what is good and acceptable and perfect from God other than to be able to discern what he is telling us. So when we put all this together, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, which is coming from him, that by testing now, now you can test your ideas, your thoughts, your decisions, what is making me feel afraid, what is making me want to make this decision, what is making me feel this thought or feel this feeling or say these words. Now you can test the motivation behind and you can discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You guys, we are looking down the barrel of things that are eternal versus things that are natural. This is not the first line in the sand that has been drawn for us. Every time one of these things happen, I get this sense from the community around me that, oh, man, well, I guess, I guess this is it. Like we've come to the end of the line. We can't resist anymore. We've got to comply. I've talked about this a lot on other podcasts, like where's your line? Decide ahead of time because you're going to get to it. <laughs> you might have gotten to it today or yesterday. We're going to arrive at it. But there's, this is not the last one. So if you're going to comply at any point, you may as well just comply. You may as well just comply. I think that there is a deception happening that people feel like if I comply now, then I, I can get my freedom back. Or if I comply now, then I will, you know, be able to resist over here. I have to comply here so that I can resist over there. That's not how it works. You guys, once a tyrannical government starts to overreach, they never release that, that overreach. 
They do not at some point just turn and go, you know what, never mind. Go on about your life. Here's your freedoms back. You're good to go. Carry on. I was wrong. We don't need that anymore. We're just going to switch it up. Nope. It's not how it's ever worked in the course of history before. So if you're going to comply at any point, you may as well comply now. But let me just promise you this. As I said before, there are no more easy choices. The moments of easy choices stopped two years ago. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. There are only hard choices. Let's say that you take the jab against your will, against your better judgment, and then six months from now, the economy collapses and you you complied, but then you didn't win, right? This is not an easy choice. Or you could not get it. You can probably maybe lose your job. You can petition to your employer, right? You can sue. You can wait. You can hope. You can pray. If you win two years from now, you get back pay for wrongful termination. That could happen. But in the meantime, you're without a job. I understand. There are no more easy choices. So for those of you who are thinking it's just easier to do the thing that I don't feel like I should be doing, let me promise you, it's not the easy choice. It only feels like the easy choice because that is the deception. That is the deception that we're walking in. You could also not get the jab and you could get COVID and have a serious illness. I understand that is a risk too. I have, that's my risk. That is my not easy choice that I have made, right? Maybe I'll have long haul. Maybe I'll be left with some sort of disability from getting the virus if I get the virus. Absolutely. There are no easy choices, but this is all being dictated by fear. And we need to elevate the things that are eternal over the things that are natural because you can count on one hand the things that are eternal. They are so few and far between, right? Everything up to the very breath we breathe exists in the natural and does not exist past that point. Our jobs, our homes, our relationships, our political affiliations, our credentials. These are things in the natural and we are elevating them for our security over things that are eternal and things that are eternal. A God who is eternal, who has promised us victory in the end. And he has never failed on a single promise since the day he put this earth into rotation why would we put our faith in a single thing in the natural when we have a perfectly sufficient thing to put our faith in that is eternal, that is outside of this? Look to God in this moment and listen to what he is telling you. If anything came from yesterday, this overwhelming peace, first a moment of anxiety, first fear, <laughs> And then I recognize this is outside the spirit. This is me conforming to the world, the exact deception that the enemy wants me to do. Think about the first lie that the enemy told Eve in the garden. Is that really what God said? He asks you to question God. Is that really what he said? Surely that's not what he meant. Surely he would want you to know what you're going to know when you take the fruit of this tree. That sounds more like the God that I know, right? The God that would have you depend on your own sphere of knowledge, on man's decision-making, on man's limited understanding of the eternal. Surely you should rely on that more than you should rely on God, right? 
I mean, did he even really say that? Still the lie. Still the lie that the enemy is repeating today because it still works. Do all things in faith. If you are compelled by God, if you feel the conviction deep in your spirit to take this jab, then that is, then if you have tested it and decided, discerned what is the will of God, what is acceptable and good and perfect, if you have done that and you feel compelled or have felt compelled to take the jab, then you should do it because that is from the Lord. And who am I to tell you what the Lord has told you to do if you're sure? Who am I? That's the beauty of medical freedom is that you get to choose that, right? I would only ask the same respect from you. And I, again, I cannot speak this truth to someone who is not a believer, but a believer, I can say, please give me the same respect that I have the same Holy Spirit in me that you have in you, that I can trust and discern for myself. Thank you very much. What that Holy Spirit is convicting me and telling me to do. And who are you to tell me what God is telling me or not telling me to do? That is the simple respect that will lead to unity in the church. If we can just reach that place where people have the goodness and the faith in humanity to respect another person's discernment from Holy Spirit, my goodness gracious. Now, again, if you want to take the jab, take the jab, but please stand against the evil of a forced, mandated, experimental injection campaign. <laughs> Please stand against the tyrannical authority of that decision. My goodness, even if you want the, the jab, if we saw vaxxed and unvaxxed joining together the way that we're seeing in Italy, in France, in some of these other countries that are resisting this, successfully, I might add, it would change the game. Just because this mandate does not affect you because you've chosen to get the jab does not mean that the next one won't affect you. Let me just tell you how tyranny works. We don't get to choose the tyrannical you know, ideas that come through a dictator, right? I mean, look at China. They said, you can only have one child. You can only have one child. Now I think you can have two children. Can you believe, can you even uh, like imagine that such a mandate could come down and affect you who maybe feels that you don't want to have kids or maybe you want to have 17 kids. Can you, can you even imagine that such a thing could exist coming from a dictator, right? Once we step into tyranny, even if this doesn't affect you, it will next time. I promise it will next time. Just like, like the poem says, when they came for the trade unionists, I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. When they came for the gays, I didn't speak up because I wasn't gay. When they came for the Jews, I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. When they came for me, there was no one left to speak up. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Dear Heavenly Father, please unify your body against this evil. Lord, unify the body of Christ on this earth against your adversary, Lord, in all the ways that we see and all the ways that we don't see, Lord. Let us all, as believers in you as Lord, submit to discerning 
from you alone, that we would take our marching orders from you and that we would not look to the left or right to see what anyone else is doing, but we would respect that you are authoring this whole thing. You are in control and you have a a unique and specific job for each piece of the body of Christ to play. Let us all surrender to your authority and let you play that role and submit to no other authority that is not under you. In your son's name, we pray. Amen.